Hello, my name is Christine Dieson, and I'm the CEO and founder of the Modern Artist Project. Today, I'm with Margaret Gonzalez, a musician and educator from Venezuela. The founder of El Sistema, Maestro Jose Antonio Abreu, believes in the transformative power of music in making positive and lasting changes in the lives of our children. Continuing the legacy of the founder, Margaret uses music as a vehicle for social change, traveling locally and internationally to share her passion and vision with other Sistema-inspired programs. She is currently founder and artistic director of Music Mission San Francisco. Thank you, Margaret, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So I know I talk about what you do currently, but could you tell us a little bit more about your background, you know, coming from Venezuela to the United States? Absolutely. Well, I came to USA in 2008 to pursue my degree in performance, viola performance, with a minor in violin and piano. This all thanks to the knowledge of the activity that I did back in Venezuela, uh, you know, I obtained back in 2008 a scholarship, almost full scholarship to study at Shenandoah University. I strongly believe without that, it would have been, it would have been impossible to pursue a degree here in America. 2008, yes, I pursued my degree. I graduated in 2012. After that, in Virginia, I moved in 2015, no, 2014 to California and decided to create Music Mission San Francisco in 2015 with the idea to provide free music education to those ones in need. We have very diverse community here of Latinos, immigrants, coming from Guatemala, Mexico, El Salvador, Honduras, the, with very, very low income, where the children of these families, they don't have any contact or resources that allow them to have music education in their schools. So there is a district here called Mission, which is very well known for, for the diversity of, of these races, these cultures. So there, in that neighborhood, I decided to open Music Mission San Francisco in 2015. So since then, it has been a wonderful journey where today we have around 50 students and we just start having our lessons or teaching in person again which is very exciting after two years and a half because the pandemic uh, we only had everything online and unfortunately we lost many students because of that so now we are going strong again in person and wonderful things are happening for our students a lot of opportunities for the students and for the parents as well so we are very very grateful to be where we are right now that's amazing in regards to hearing the journey of your organization and how despite encountering the pandemic that you guys were able to be coming back uh, to in-person instruction and being able to really revitalize the culture in, in, in your community for the time being. Now, 
what I want to know is what inspired you? I mean, I know you were very much influenced by El Sistema. And why did you feel like you wanted to create you know, your organization with Music Mission? Well, I think for when something um, impacts you so much since you were little, I think that you have the feeling of wanting to give back, you know, to the community or to the family or something, you know. So since El Sistema, it's changed my life, you know, since I was little. I started El Sistema when I was seven years old. And, you know, it was my family. It was, I had my home and then I have my other home, you know, where I felt safe, where I felt heard where I felt like I had a voice, you know, with my own instrument. So I wanted to recreate that. I wanted to also give back to the, the community and I give the opportunity to those kids in the Mission District. I think that that's the thing that inspired me the most. When I moved here to San Francisco, different from where I used to live before, uh, Virginia, close to Washington, D.C., I felt the need of having this program in this community. I feel like parents, the parents and the children of these parents were having a lack of contact with music, contact with having a, the lack of contact of having their own voice. They feel like, mm, I have a voice. I, I want to, for example, the children, I want the community to hear me. I want to, See, I want the community to see me, so that's why I I go inspired with the in the mission district and inspired by the feeling of like I have to give back what once was uh, given back to me when I was little, and it certainly transformed my life. I strongly believe that I wouldn't be where I am if it weren't for El Sistema, if, if it weren't for if it wasn't for the the opportunity of free music education with really, really high standards, like what it was El Sistema back in Venezuela. You know, we used to have uh, orchestra rehearsals, chamber music. We used to have master classes with really, really well-known musicians around the world. Here as tours around the world representing Venezuela. All that, it gives you a sense of value that... I couldn't replace with something else, you know. I I was just like, wow, all I all this I can I can do it, you know, learning by uh, play an instrument. So that's what I wanted to recreate, and uh, that's why I wanted to give back to the community that perhaps they felt that they didn't have a voice because they came here illegal immigrant with really really low uh, opportunities. So yes, that's why I wanted to do that. Wow, this is this is really great. I mean, there's so much that you've just said, the idea of being seen, right? And I feel like mm-hmm. that's that when we think about those aspects in music education or even just arts education, right? You you want to be able to have yeah. those opportunities to to you know because sometimes in our world, we feel invisible, you know, and I think mm-hmm. that's really, that's really powerful, I feel. So in regards to that, how, how does music mission San Francisco embody those principles that you, you discuss? Well, we, before we created Music Mission San Francisco, 
we kind of like study with our data. We went to the music schools in the neighborhood. We talked to the students. We talked to the teachers. We talked to the parents. We want to feel connect to them. We want, we want them also to feel connected to us. You know, we are here to hear you. We want to hear what you need. So based on that information, we knew that the schools were not providing music education. We knew that parents didn't have any money to afford music education because it's, it's quite like an elite here in USA. It's expensive. Well, I, I know you say I believe in any part of the world, you know, it's, it's, it's a very unique subject when we talk about education having a price, you know, and I think with anything. So we talked to this, the teachers of the district and we also understood what they were looking for in regarding of changes and the behavior of students. We know that coming from another country, from a young age, like these children, not being able to speak Spanish, uh, English, sorry, it may be a little bit more difficult for them to integrate into the society. So we collected all these factors and we came up like, well, we need to do something. We need to give them something that they feel identified and where they feel integrated with the rest, you know? So what about, what else more amazing like feeling of integration and music you know and an orchestra so you know we we make some calls we start uh, writing grants for collecting instruments for we start looking at space we went to the schools and do recruitment we went you know i went myself and played for the students i went myself and talked to the parents in spanish uh, so they feel a little bit more uh, connected and more close. So, yeah. So once we had all the pieces together, all the puzzle together, we went ahead, you know, not knowing what was going to happen because it was very scary at the beginning. You have this eager, like, oh, my God, I'm going to create this. And it's going to be amazing. But, you know, there is so much to think about it. There's so much to organize. There's so much to, like, so much, so much happening. It's not as easy as... Boom, I just create something. You know, there is government, there is money involved, there is projects with like a mindset like, okay, this is a five years thing. What, what are we gonna do after the five the five years, etc.? Uh, how can we provide more opportunities with them? What can we do in the future? So, but you know, it all worked out beautifully. Uh, to date, I mean, the families, uh, they feel like they belong some, somewhere, at least. They, we made them a little bit their life, or we made their life a little bit easier. Um, every time that they come to the program, they are so happy. The kids are so happy. They come and play with their friends. They Most of our students are Latinos, so all of I was in ninety percent speak Spanish, and when I go to the program and um, just to make sure everything's okay, like talk to the teachers, you know, I talk to the parents uh, every uh, once in a while, every two weeks, we do a survey to the parents, to the students. We want to hear their concerns. We want to hear what they need and help them in any way, any possible way that we can. So yeah, I mean, it, it came up with a lot of. A thoughts and a lot of fears, but the result is beautiful. 
Wow. This is, I mean, this is really great because I think by sharing your story of the process, hopefully will make people less afraid in being able to pursue Mm. projects like this. Because for example, Mm. it's like, you know, you didn't know what was going to happen, but you gathered the Mm -hmm. information that you needed to make it happen. So in regards to the different aspects of your organization, what is the most challenging part of being able to run Music Mission San Francisco? Because you mentioned about the money, you mentioned about the government, you mentioned you mentioned that there's all these different factors. It depends. It has uh, many compartments, many departments are like, okay, this and this and that. I think the most challenging is not to convince people, but for example, to make them understand our vision and prove to them, you know, this is changing the life of this, of our students. So when we go and, you know, ask for grants or partnership to certain banks, I think that's the most challenging part, like to to make them see like how we're changing the life of these children and their families. Of course, money wise, yes, you always have just a nonprofit organization. You always have to be constantly looking for money, constantly like you cannot be thinking like one year. You have to think like many years, have money for many, many years because we want to make sure that these kids, our children or students have the opportunity of being in this program for so many years until they, you know, they go to college. But yes, I think the most difficult challenging is the making people understand our vision and, and see how it's really affecting the life of our students. And other than that, I'm very clear with, you know, when I was in El Sistema in Venezuela, it was very different. It was from 3 to 6 p.m., four hours. You tell one, you tell, I don't know, the mayor or or the they, some of the parents, you tell them, I want to keep your kids for four hours. They're like, oh. <laughs> you know, it's 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 a different idea here. It's like, ah, oh, you cannot keep my kids for two, for four hours. It's like, oh, it has to do math, it has to do this. In those regards, sometimes like when we have like a concert and we have to get really, really well prepared, I would like to keep my kids, the students, like for longer but that's greedy. That's me because I, when I was in Venezuela, you know, we used to have seminars from 9 to 9 p.m. with Gustavo Dudamel. You know, it's another mindset in South America, perhaps. Here you have to go very much by the rules. You cannot do this, you cannot do that. So for me, even that I have been living in USA for since 2008, it's still every day something new for me. It's like, oh, but I cannot do that here in USA. <laughs> so that's another challenging part, but for me. But as I, Nonprofit organization, I think the most challenging part is to make other people believe what you believe and and for them to see the changes. I think that's the most challenging part. Yes. And I, I agree with you. I mean, in regards to the way the system works. And I mean, I, I lived in Europe uh, for a very long time and I sometimes have to remind myself, OK, I'm not in Europe. It's it works differently here or in the United States. It mm-hmm. works differently. So I completely understand. It's like, you know, if you have an opportunity to be able to learn, it's like, okay, great. Take my child. Right. 
I mean, but it's also, you know, with these like different ways of of values, culture. I mean, there's just so much that goes into it. I think that's amazing that you had rehearsals with Gustavo Dudamel from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. That's insane. Yes, yes, yes. But, you know, it sounds insane. Anybody in their right mindset, they would say like, child abuse, explosion, I don't know, something. But, you know, we enjoy so much. I speak for myself and my uh, peers, like my friends back in, in the orchestra. It wasn't ever for us like, oh my God, this is so many hours. Like, how can they do this to us from Monday to Sunday? And no, for us, it was like, yes, we have seven, yes. I'm going to be performing for the president of Argentina. Something like, we were just so excited. And we had teachers like who were inspiration for us. Like just the fact that we have uh, sectionals with them master classes with them it's just like it was such a joy we never thought like oh my god i can't believe that i'm here for from 9 to 9 p.m and then when we used to have the rehearsal in the afternoon when maestro abreu came and listened to the rehearsals for us they were like oh maestro abreu is here we better know myself like we have to play perfect because <laughs> he was very particular about everything so it was just such a joy really it was it never felt like overwhelming it, it was just because it was family it was home it was friends it was sisters brothers you know it was it was just very it was a comfort zone for us no i mean that's it's so beautiful to be able to hear that you know the fact that music is my second home right and you think about you know you think about the home you know with your family and then you think about your other family so it's just it's crazy because not a lot of people have have that and and i think it's great that you with music mission san francisco that you're you're giving back now to Mm -hmm. add on to my question because in the united states we encounter a lot of problems with music education programs in the schools Mm -hmm. nowadays there's so many different cuts that are being made that make it so that music isn't really accessible early on so a majority of students i believe and i can't state for one particular state, but start music at age 10, age 11, age 12, depending on the area that they live in. Now, Margaret, do you have any suggestions or ideas of how we could make it more relevant, you know, music education for these communities? Well, I think all of us who are involved to certain degree in music, just say, uh, in a way, you know, a a teacher, a performer, a speaker. I think we we have to really make society understand how light or how music can change your life. You know, I think either way with you know this the system of music inspired programs, they come with data where they say like, you know, this kid could have been in, exposed to let's say drugs or this or that but because this program look at he had good grades he has this there is a data where you see the improvement and we show that if we show the the, what is possible we use and how it changed uh cognitive here in the brain or like the behavior if we prove not prove that but if we show the benefits you know i think society will be more aware of of how it can change your life I think we all have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. All the people that are have certain connection with music, they have a voice. And we have to make sure that we let 
other people understand and how or the benefits of being involved with music. And it doesn't have to be for long term. Like I'm not saying like, oh my God, you have to be a performer for the rest of your life. But, you know, we all know the amount of benefits for your brain that gives you playing an instrument. Well, we know like, I think now it's, it's now we have to also switch how it changes in the society, in the community, when you play an instrument in your home, the, the values that you feel like, for example, performing in front of other audience. I think that we have to switch to that for people to understand how valuable this, this gift is with music. I, and I agree with you 200%. I agree with you so much on so many levels, because when we think about the skills, you know, it's not just about how well you play or how well you play. Mm -hmm. Right. But also too, you know, the idea of patience, I think the idea Mm -hmm. of discipline of being able to organize Mm -hmm. your thoughts, you know, being able to, you know, set up schedules and planning actually the interpersonal skills to communicate saying, well, that was not great. How can I be better? Right. Because a mm-hmm. lot of the time I, I I know like in other fields, right. We, in other artistic fields, we also learn those things too. You know, with music, it's exactly with what you said. I don't have to speak the same language, a spoken language as you, but we can still play music together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, when you have the setup of the orchestra, you understand that they all have their individual voices, but they all need each other to have this beautiful result, you know? So I wish it was like that outside, in, in, you know, in some cases, like we understand, like we all have a voice and we all are important in order to make it work. And that's what we try to to teach our kids in the setup of the orchestra when they come together and, and play together in the orchestra. Uh, you know, we tell them like, you know, you are important, even though you have a rest. Still, you are super important. You do you, you have a sign and we sign and still music, but then the viola is important also. And then you have a melody together. You have to listen to each other. You have to help each other to create this beautiful harmony. So they, at early age, they understand that, oh, wait, I have to help each other. Uh, We have to listen to each other. We have to come together and help, you know, in order to create, to have the result of this beautiful piece. And yeah, go ahead, sorry. No worries, no worries. You know, and one of the things that I wanted to ask you actually is, do you know, or I mean, if you know whether or not universities or colleges or conservatories in the United States are teaching these things to young people or performers in regards to being able to do this type of community work. Don't get me wrong. okay? like I know sometimes community work gets a bad rap, right? Like saying, oh, I'm not going to do it for free. Right. Type of thing. But being Mm -hmm. actually able to teach people you can be a great musician. But art will die if you cannot share that with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, in regards of universities or any institution, I'm sure there are programs that they have in order to 
give back to the community. We are right now, Museum of San Francisco, in the process to partnership with the San Francisco Conservatory. We have a beautiful project coming up. Um, their students are going to come to our program to teach our students and give them master classes and give them performances and guide them through the uh, journey of learning their instrument with really high quality. So I know that, I mean, we are creating this with the San Francisco Conservatory. And I'm sure other, I know Play on Philly in Philadelphia, they have this partnership with Cortes Institute. And the orchestra also where they have, you know, where the teachers come to the program, they teach the students, they give performances in the community together, the the students of Cortes and the students of Play on Philly. So to the universities, I'm not very aware of those. Like I haven't, me, myself, I haven't really been in contact with someone that gave me information about you know, uh, programs inside the, the university or college where they, you know, can give back to the to the community with their music program. But I know for a fact that San Francisco Conservatory, you know, we are trying to create more ways to to expand kind of like that knowledge to the to the community that what we're doing with Music Mission San Francisco. And the next step that can happen after Music Mission San Francisco, which is, you know, in this case, the San Francisco Conservatory, which is a really, really high standard school of music here in the United States. I think that's really great. And by having those types of partnerships actually will make it so it's not just, you know, a one way street where we're okay. Well, we're giving classes to kids. I hope they enjoy it. Right. But it's also a matter of being able to show the students at that, you know, institution, in this case, the San Francisco Conservatory of Music, that there is value that we, this is work that we have to do, that we need to be doing for our communities. Because a lot of the time, you know, in schools, they teach you, okay, you must be great at your instrument. You must be doing this. You must be doing that. But in order to have those things, to be able to share those things with people, we have to have community, I think. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. I completely agree. So in regards to the work that you do, how, how do you feel that digital media or, you know, when we think about the digital age has impacted music education? Hmm. Well, since we had the beginning of the planet, I will never think about like digital, how we can create this through the computer, this after the pandemic hit us. <laughs> so it, it was my eye opening because during the pandemic, we started teaching online. And for me, it was devastating. I was like, oh my God, I don't want to send my kids. Because I'm very attached to the students and the program. But, you know, through through the pandemic, we learned like, wait, we're going to do this online, but how what, how can we give them more? Because it's already hard, like learning online, being apart from their friends. It's just not the same. But we kind of like search for ways to like, Mm, how can we make this better or how can we like give them something more so we were in contact with other system of programs around united states we created music festivals online where they get to perform for other kids from 
Pennsylvania, from Washington, D.C., from Seattle, from Colorado. So that was very neat that for my students and for all the students. That was like, what? Where you live in Colorado, you know, the students will come out like, wait, you have snow? <gasps> and so it was, it was very cool to see their faces, to, to see how proud I feel also. Because, uh, you know, I'm going to play, I might play my G major scale. And they were like super happy and and anything. It was it was very neat. We had a kind of like a music festival for three days in a row, every day the same time. So you know we came up with like okay uh, warm up exercise at the beginning. It was like one two hours every day. Yeah, two hours. You know warm up exercise. We tell the students to stand up, stretch. Okay, now everybody warm up with the instrument. Let's play the scale. Okay, now everybody who would like to play this, we will tell, we will play certain kind of music for them. And it wasn't only classical. You know, I I remember this teacher. He's amazing. I forgot his name. He would play Lauren Hill. For a student, I was like, yes, I love it. And so we kind of like integrate that even though they were so apart, they still were so close to each other, you know, in that kind of setup of the festival. So I think the, the, that was an eye opener for me. I was like, wow, wait, we can do this. Like, and it's so much easier, you know, than going traveling to Colorado or Seattle or this. So that was very neat. I was like, oh, okay, we can create this. We can bring all the students together from around USA to put a piece together to compose to write down uh, some composition that they came out of somewhere in you know it was it was very cool it was very cool so for me that was that was like oh switch like uh, how can I see the positive things about this for example pandemic and realize now that wow technology brought us together something that I will never you know I will never see it like that related to music when it comes about music but it was pretty neat and now you know we still like think uh, uh, talk about like okay what are we gonna do next year to connect the students online um, we also like in music missions of francisco we gave the performance design like we had certain blue blue band like from the san francisco conservatory jazz the jazz department we talked to them to give for the students to perform for our students so yeah we thought about like what are the ways that we can give to our students that, you know, otherwise they wouldn't be able to do it like in presence. So that was very neat. I, and I like that. So definitely technology brought us together. I, I would say even more, um, you know, connecting all the students from around USA. That was pretty neat. No, that's amazing. And I think when we are in situations that are a bit difficult, right? With the pandemic, I feel like in a sense, it forces us to be more creative, like more creative than we mm-hmm. ever have been before. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, if you're, yeah. if you're passionate about something, no matter whether it's like about music, about, I don't know, books, hamburgers, right? Pizza, right? Whether you're passionate, it could be about anything. You're always going to find a way to make it work. And I think it's really... Mm-hmm beautiful way of, you know, seeing how your organization adapted to something that could have been very, very uh, difficult that could have set you guys back. But you guys seem to be really just to push through it. And I, bravo. I, I'm so amazed to, to be able to hear those things. No, no, it's okay. Af- after you. I think that's the key word for everything. We have to adapt to situations, you know, and we are in constantly changes, everything, everything. 
So we, you say the keyword, we just have to adapt. Like we have to make it work, you know, like somehow when we have this, you're like, okay, I have this, how can I make it work? I just adapt to the situation and make the best of it. So I, I really like the word, that word that you say. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't make, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I know. But I like it. <laughs> no, I'm glad that you like it because the thing is a lot of time, and this is something that I've seen with people who are not able to adapt. And then, you know, there's a big gray cloud and it seems like music is not possible anymore. And, but the thing is, what's beautiful is that you guys made it work. And that that's something that's really, really great to hear. Now, in regards to like, young professionals who want to get into this type of project building, you know, entrepreneur, because you are an entrepreneur in regards to the work that you've done. You, you took risks, you, you know, you went out, you asked people in business, we would say customers, but you asked families, right? The people that you're serving, the people that you want to serve. So you are an an entrepreneur. Now that said, the question that I have for you is what advice would you give to someone who wants to take this path in regards to serving communities through music? Mm, I would say don't take no as an answer. <laughs> I would say that. I speak for myself because it was difficult. I am, I don't mean to sound pity or, but for me it was difficult because first of all, I always say at uh, you are my colleague. We, we did global leadership program together. So for me, it was always the English barrier. Like, so I was like very afraid to, uh, or not afraid, but subconscious, like, how am I going to explain my vision? How, my vision? how can I convince people of that this is going to work? So I, I was very self-conscious about that, about my English. And also, you know, you know, when you go to the bands and like you have this, directors also like a hundred years working with the banks are you know understanding the finance world in a different way that that i do of course and you feel very how to say the word i don't i was kind of scared like um you know also being a woman in this world of like leadership of men uh, ruled by men in, in a good way it's not about like oh my god why they are you feel a little bit, you know, oh my God, they're going to say, no, oh my God, what am I doing here? You know, I took a lot of no. Uh, I heard a lot of no, this is not going to work. Um, we don't want to spend money on this. You know, we heard about this before, but, and, and then you just don't take the no as an answer. You just go and, and you know, prove to, to them like, no, this is going to work, you know, and I want to show you why. No matter if you're, in my case, like if your English is not very good or, you know, if you are like, if you're so, because I hear a lot, a lot as, um, I was like, yeah, I know, but like, let me prove to you that I know. <laughs> let me, let me show you what I can do. So I want to say definitely, definitely, definitely do not take no as an answer and go for it. And like, let them feel the fire that you have inside. Because when you really, really, really want to do something, you have this fire inside. Like, don't let them take that fire away. No, like don't let them like water that fire and go away. No, have them and show them and go. And if it didn't work with this person, go to the next person or go to the next one. And you know, when one door closed, another one will open and even better. So that's what I learned. Like don't give up. Just don't like just go forward and 
let that file that you have in you for what your project is or what your idea or what your vision or your mission and let the others be inspired by you. Because when you believe in what you can do, the other people will believe it too. I, I think this is amazing advice. And I think this is advice that sometimes it's difficult, right? Because you, to really go for something and to actually not just believe in what your project is, but believing in yourself. And it sounds like you you definitely made it happen no matter what. You know, I'm so happy to call you a friend in the fact that you have that fire and no matter what, you were like, I just going for it, you know, type of thing. So mm-hmm. on that note, yeah. so I think I think that was something very important. And we're going to leave on that note. Uh, Margaret, thank you for joining us today and for sharing your experience and thoughts with us. We look forward to seeing the amazing things that you do for our community. Thank you for having me, Christian. It's such a pleasure talking to you. I always told you this. Thank you for bringing awareness of what other people are doing in their communities, uh, impacting people uh, it's it's such an amazing work what you're doing right now so i am the one who feels honored to be here <laughs> thank you for supporting the show by listening and sharing with your friends if you liked this podcast please rate and write a review of how the show has helped you this will help us be able to increase our visibility nationally and in being able to make an impact on the profession. If you would like to hear more about any specific topics, please email us at info at themodernartistproject.com. I would love to help support your community in all artistic disciplines. Thank you.